listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Well, I must say to all of you uh, little guys who are shorter than me, you're doing a really good job of paying attention. I haven't seen anyone fall asleep yet, so good work. I have a question for you. Uh, What does the word lament mean? Do any of you know? Uh Uh-oh. No one? We got one. We got one. What does lament mean? To mourn, yes. What does to mourn mean? (laughs) To lament. I heard that. Yes. (laughs) To be sad. A lament is a sad song. It's a song that's written to help us express feelings of sadness. I think sadness is a really difficult emotion, um, not just for kids to identify and express, but for adults too, to actually name the feeling of sadness. And as Christians, sometimes to feel okay saying we're sad. I grew up singing songs like, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And I didn't think it was okay to be sad as a Christian. It meant I wasn't trusting Jesus enough. But there are whole books in the Bible and whole songs. In fact, almost half of the Psalms are laments. They're sad songs. Expressing sadness about something that's happened, expressing sadness about sin. The book of Lamentations, which we're just starting to study together as a church. Pastor Jeff is going to lead us through chapter one on Sunday. The book of Lamentations is called that because it's five lamentations, five lament songs. Five sad songs that the people of Israel would rehearse every year on the anniversary of the destruction of their capital city. Can you imagine what it would feel like if all of Indianapolis were destroyed? If Faith Church was flattened and we had nowhere to live anymore and there were just a few of us left kind of living in and amongst the rubble trying to find what food we can. Well, that was the reality for the people of Israel uh, when Jerusalem, the capital city, was destroyed and that's the kind of trauma that doesn't just go away, that you can't just say, well, God's got a plan. I know it'll come through. It's the kind of trauma, it's the kind of grief that has to be dealt with and expressed and faced head on. And and the book of Lamentations, those five lament songs, help the people of Israel do that. Every year they would go through these same songs There's different voices in the songs, and Pastor Jeff's going to bring this out uh, on Sunday, and we'll keep exploring it in the next couple of Sundays. But today, I want to look at just one verse from Lamentations chapter 1. And the person speaking in this verse is Lady Jerusalem, a woman personified as the city, as speaking for the city of Jerusalem in Lamentations chapter 1, verse 12. She says, is it, is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? 
Look and see if there's any sorrow like my sorrow, which was brought upon me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. Lady Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city, is, is saying to all of the nations walking by, Can, do none of you see this? Do none of you see what's happened to me? Has there ever been any sorrow like mine in the ashes and in the dust? Now, what grabs me about these verses tonight, about this verse tonight, is that Almost from the beginning of the church, these verses have imaginatively been put in Jesus' mouth while he's on the cross. We can find it in different liturgies as far back as around the 500s that, that people are saying, wow, that sounds a lot like somebody else I know. And you can imagine Jesus on the cross hanging there saying, is, does this mean nothing to you? All of you who are here just gawking at me? who are here for the spectacle, for, who are here for the show? Does this mean nothing to you? Look and see if there's any sorrow like my sorrow. If there's any sadness, if there's any shame like what I'm experiencing right now on the day, on the day that the Lord inflicted his fierce anger. We enter into a, a season of Lent with this sober and sobering and, and even you know, sad service of ashes because there's some things we need to remember every year as we, you know, we go through this calendar cycle and we come back to Easter every year. Before we can get to Easter Sunday, to Resurrection Sunday, which is a great day, before we can get through Easter Sunday, we, or before we can get there, we have to go through Good Friday. Before we can get to Good Friday, we have to go through today. We have to know why why it took, why our sins took the death of God himself to redeem. Ash Wednesday is a day of preparation and penitence. It's a day of repenting, of saying we're sorry. It's a day of recognizing not just our individual sins and the things that we've done, but our sinfulness, our our desire to just break something new, see something shiny and scratch it, our desire to just have a little bit more control than we should. Ash Wednesday is the day that we pause and highlights that there are things that we have done that drove our God to the cross. So we grieve and we mourn. but we mourn on Ash Wednesday and we move into Lent in these 40 days knowing that at the end of the 40 days comes Resurrection Sunday. We do not have to stay on 
Ash Wednesday. We do not have to stay on Good Friday or Holy Saturday. We know that Easter Sunday is coming, but we don't want to get there too fast. We don't jump right to Easter Sunday because we need to pause and we need to remember that we're the reason Jesus had to go to the cross. In a few minutes, we're going to practice the imposition of ashes, the putting of ashes on our foreheads. There's nothing magical about this. It's, it's just a symbol. It's a symbol of grief. It's a symbol of repentance, a symbol of saying, I'm sorry, a symbol of recognizing that nothing lasts forever, including me, and there are more important things in life than just whatever is coming across our feeds right now, that there's something worth focusing on, on this day and in this season is we move into Lent. Kids, you have little palm fronds, and you'll get to bring those up if your family's coming up to do the ashes and trade the palm branch or the palm frond that you have for the ashes. And we'll save them. We'll use them next year as ashes. But after the symbol of our frailty, the symbol of our human condition is placed on our foreheads with the words, remember that you are dust and to dust you will return. We'll stand up from kneeling at these benches and come over here to where the bread and the cup are waiting for us, to where the symbol of of God's grace is waiting for us. We'll move from the symbol of grief to the practice of grace and rejoice that we are not left in our dust, that we are not left crying along with Lady Jerusalem. All of you who, who walk by, who see my life, don't you see the sorrow? We have a Savior. We have Jesus. Who chose to be the one to say there's no sorrow like mine so that we could be the ones saying there's no joy like ours as brothers and sisters in Christ sons and daughters of God redeemed and forgiven Tonight marks the beginning of Lent, a holy Lent, a Lent uh, as a period in which we practice a few things together as a church. Before we move to the ashes and to the table, I just want to remind you of a few things that Lent has historically meant for the church. Three things, actually. Prayer, fasting, and love. Kids, if you've got your uh, little bulletin hands out, handouts, on the back side, there's some places with questions where after you do the ashes in the table, you can think about who you want to pray for, what you want to fast from, and who you want to love. Because as we read in these passages earlier, we saw in Isaiah 58 and in Matthew 6, uh, this is a time for the church as a whole to focus together and say, we are going to spend time in concentrated prayer for something, So you'll need to choose as an individual or as a family, as a small group, as a Sunday school class, who or what are you going to pray for? Maybe you're praying for the church. 
Maybe you're praying for the whole church, the persecuted church, mission work in specific areas of the world. You're praying for your family, for someone you know and love to come to know Jesus. Whatever you choose to pray for, this is a concentrated period of 40 days of praying, focusing on praying on that one thing. It's also a time in which we fast, we remove something from our lives. It doesn't matter if what you choose to remove from your life is big or small. You may fast from driving and you decide to walk or bike everywhere. That would be big and difficult. Or maybe it's small, you give up chocolate or something like that. That also might be big. I heard a gasp. Because the point isn't how big or small or how difficult the thing seems on the outside. The point is how deeply has that thing you're giving up wormed its way into your heart and become something that you go to when you just need a little, you know, hit of happiness. Some people give up sweets, sugar, chocolate. Um, Some people give up Netflix. Some people give, (laughs) heard another gasp, some people give up uh, social media, some people give up their smartphones, other people give up listening to their favorite political pundits every morning, other people give up reading the news for Lent, some people give up makeup, other people, (laughs) if that's your reaction, then maybe that's the thing that's grabbing your heart and saying, I mean, if you think about it, what's something I couldn't live without? Well... Maybe that's what God is calling you to fast from. Fasting doesn't do anything to us other than show us how deeply certain things have wormed their way into our hearts. So we pray for something and we fast from something. But we also love, or traditionally it's been called almsgiving, uh, acts of charity, charity meaning love. Uh, so we, we, per, we specifically choose a, as a family or as a group uh, to do something over the course of Lent that shows love to our neighbors and to the neighborhood uh, that we're part of, maybe your office, uh, your physical neighborhood where your house is, maybe it's your church family or a small group. But we choose somebody or do something that benefits, works toward the common good of the people around us. When the church does this as a whole, it can have a huge impact on the area around them. Maybe you give extra time to a ministry or to uh, some good work in your neighborhood. Maybe you you just go around to the people who live next to you and learn their names. Uh, Maybe it's somebody at school with classmates or somebody in your office or your office as a whole. You just come and say, I'm going to do something in the course of these 40 days that that is just purely unselfish love for the people I spend my life with. So pray, fast, and love. These are the components of a holy Lenten observance. As we combine those actions with the awareness that life doesn't last forever and we don't last forever, We are frail and in need of a savior. And as we sort of fast and slow down over these next 40 days, boy, the Easter Sunday celebration in comparison is incredible. Pray with me.
Father, this evening you invite us into a, an observance of Lent. We recognize, Lord, that Lent, the 40 days, while patterned off of Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness, uh, fasting and focusing on you and preparing for ministry, we recognize that what we are doing in this Lent is uh, something that we have created, that the church has created It's one of those systems of discipleship that we've created to help us focus on you. So we ask that you would bless our effort and our dedication, our focus and our faith in the next 40 days. We pray that you would give us grace, make us aware of your presence, give us an understanding of what is grabbing our hearts so that we may slowly begin to remove and become aware of it. Give us people to love right around us. And give us dedication and constancy in our prayer. Lord, now as we take the ashes on our foreheads and take communion together, as we contemplate both our grief and your grace, may these outward symbols work an inward reality within us that we may come to know you more. Even as we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, on Easter and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.